Welcome to Behind the Spotlight, a different kind of podcast where we have real, deep conversations with entrepreneurs and celebrity visionaries who are making their potential possible. They are certainly ahead of their time and worthy of yours. So listen as I take your favorite entrepreneurs off a pedestal and onto a bar stool right next to you. In life, it all comes down to building powerful, long-lasting relationships in a thoughtful, authentic way. You know, we all see that highlight reel of successful entrepreneurs, but I want to take you behind the spotlight and show you who they were before they figured it all out. Let's explore the sometimes torturous, but always interesting paths their lives have taken. So I'm Beth, speaker, author, entrepreneur, and a magnetic business mentor. I help entrepreneurs to strategically prepare their business and gain exposure through collaboration and media so they can make their mark on the world. I'm a huge believer in the power of potential to catapult your life forward. So join me as we explore stories of some of our favorite people leveraging their past to make their potential possible on Behind the Spotlight. Casey Howard, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I know you know that I'm a big fan of yours and I appreciate you coming on today. Thank you so much for having me. You know, I've been following you for a long time and we've worked together a little bit, but I, you know, and I do some, I like to call it casual stalking of my (laughs) guests before they come on. And I had a hard time finding a lot about you. So I am even more excited to dive deep into Casey. Let's start with what you actually do. If you guys tell the audience a little bit about that to start. Sure. So I'm what many would call a business coach. I'm not really in love with the word coach, but we're going to go with it since everyone (laughs) understands what that means. I help women in particular create really big, impactful businesses online, doing it on their terms. A lot of women get stuck thinking they have to build a business a certain way when really you can build it your own way. You can build it in a way that feels really good to you and you can make a lot of money and have a really big impact doing it. And so that is what I help women do. Which makes so much sense to me knowing you a little bit because you really live that talk or you live that walk, I guess is the right terminology for it. Like you really, you, you do what you want to do no matter what. And it sounds like from my research that you've done no ma- what you want to do your whole life, no matter what. Much to the displeasure of my parents, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Like as a little kid, were you like a rebellious seven-year-old? Like, where, can you remember something that started for you as you, as you know, besides getting in trouble, of course? Oh boy. I, I can't remember a specific instance, but for sure I was a rebellious kid. And my mom in particular had a really hard time reining me in because she would have all of these rules, you know, as a parent for your kids. And I would just break every one of them and be like, I, I don't want to. I don't want to brush my teeth. I don't want to have a shower. I don't want to go to bed. I don't want to go to school. I don't want to. And eventually I think she just threw her arms up and was like, all right, I guess this is just who you are. Like, we're just going to make this work. I can't fight with this kid anymore. Can't do it. Right. And even to, you know, like you said, this may have your mom, you left high school early. I did. Yes. I left high school the beginning of grade 10. Which really flabbergast me because I have kids that are in high school now and I can't imagine saying yes to that but you know what was what was what was that like for you and how do you think you convinced her I honestly feel like I just didn't really give her a choice I was so hard (laughs) on my mom back then um it was more so just I'm if you like if you she had to go to the school to sign for me to say like yes I'm allowing her to not come back (laughs) um and so in order to get her to do that I basically told her 
if you don't do that, I'm just not going to go. Like she had to go to work. She had no choice. She had to go to work. She couldn't like watch me and make sure I went to school. I would say like, I'll just not go. I'll leave the house and then just go somewhere else for the rest of the day. I am not going. And eventually she's like, well, I'd rather her like be safe at home than like wandering (laughs) the street all day. And so reluctantly she went, but she was very much against it. Wow. And what year was that? Not to age you, but let me, I'll ask you a different question. Was there social media at that time? Possibly. I wasn't on it. That's for sure. So it wasn't like you were like, I'm going to be a YouTube star. You were just like, oh, I'm God, not no. doing what you want me to do. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I didn't even have anything to do, which is why it's really confusing as to why I even left. <laughs> it's like, why did I not want, <laughs> I think it was, I really think it was just because there was rules to follow at school and I didn't want to follow rules. I didn't want to do things when other people told me to do things. I think that was really what it was. And so I was just like, I don't want to. So I stayed home and I don't even really know what I did at home, but I stayed home for a while until I understood the internet and until social media came around that I figured it out. So what was your first step into, so now you, you know, you, then you didn't go to college, I'm assuming. Right. So what did, so what were your next steps? what did you do next? I stayed home for about, cause I was around 16 at the time. So I stayed home for about a year and a half to two years. When I was 18, I started getting into the adult industry just online. Like it was at the time we were called cam girls and it was basically just like a webcam and you'd go on camera and guys would pay you money. I didn't get naked or anything like that in the beginning. It was just me on my camera. It was like the girl next door kind of thing. And that's when I started to realize, wow, I can make a lot of money doing this. And then that's when that eventually became my first business. Oh, so you worked for somebody else and then you created your own channel or you created your own, your own business. What is like, what was that like? Technically I did work for myself the whole time. I didn't have like a boss, so to speak, but I, with the cam girl thing, it was, there was this website at the time where you could just set up an account and be a cam girl and you would get paid a certain amount. I don't know if it was a percentage or dollar amount, but you would get paid a certain percentage or a certain amount of what that person paid to see you on the webcam essentially. And then eventually I did create my own website once I was old enough and had a credit card and could pay for a domain name. (laughs) Then I created my own website and then it was obviously a hundred percent profit to myself. I find that just purely amazing. You know, not only finding something that works for you, but you're 18, you didn't finish school. And then, and there's something inside you's like, I'm going to make my own rule book, but to keep yourself accountable enough and to, to push yourself enough to really create a future for yourself, like that had to come from somewhere inside of you. Um, and honestly, to me, that's something that makes you really special. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I've always had that drive inside of me where, I just, I like to do things myself. I never wanted to be (laughs) that type of person who's like, I need to get a husband so that I have money. It was always, no, I'm going to be the husband. Like I'm going to have the money. The husband's going to come to me for money kind of thing. That's how I really saw it back then. I was like, no, I'm going to have the money. Oh, then you're a very good wifey then. He he doesn't complain. (laughs) 
<laughs> he doesn't complain. You know, I, looking at my 18 year old and looking at and thinking about when I was 18, not only was I not being a cam girl, but I couldn't even imagine, you know, I worked on the weekends for my dad's car wash. It wasn't like I was creating a future for myself that wasn't even in my head. So I, I, you know, connecting the dots to how you live life now and how you teach other women to live their lives is really, you know, it comes from, I feel like it comes from that. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Like that's working in that industry in particular, like that's really what, what taught me how to make money by being myself, because that's really essentially what it was, was I was getting paid to be me. And that kind of all came full circle where now I teach other women how to get paid to be themselves, not by getting into the adult industry, unless that's what you're into, but who cares, in, whatever, right? yeah, in whatever way feels good to you, that's what I help them with. I really love that because I feel like so many people are not able to be themselves. And I don't know if you get this, but the feedback I get a lot of times is, oh my God, you're so real. You're so yourself. And my response is always like, who am I supposed to be then? Like, I don't understand for myself how to be somebody else. And I don't get that online, how people try to do that. Yeah. And I know for me, like when I first, especially with the coaching industry, when I first got into the coaching industry, I definitely did pretend to be someone else. I didn't really realize it at the time until someone pointed it out to me that knows me offline. They're like, why do you act so differently on online than you do? Like when you're just hanging out, I was like, I didn't really realize that. I don't know why I do that. But I, I realized eventually that it was because I thought I had to, like, I thought I had to look a certain way. I thought I had to dress and act and speak a certain way in order to be seen as this quote unquote professional coach or that people would want to work with. But then it's so interesting. Like, yeah. I was like, I don't want to do that. Like being me is <laughs> way more fun than being this fake version of me. And turns out you get paid a lot more when you're just yourself because you attract people who see that you're real. And that's what people want. People don't want someone who's trying to be someone else. They want somebody who's real. I feel like I need to get you a t-shirt that says, I don't want to do that. I think like that's your, oh, yes. that's like the, the mantra. Yes, please. The I don't mantra. want to. <laughs> I don't 100%. want to. Yeah. I really, I really love that. But can you remember like what you were doing to talk like when you said you're like talk differently and acted differently like did you cover up your tattoos were you just not were you just you just tampered down your personality yeah I don't know about the tattoos I probably did but what I noticed that I did a lot of was I would yeah I probably did because I tried to like dress in a way that looked professional whatever that even means <laughs> like I like I, I was had to be all fancy where I think because I'm so used to just living in my like yoga pants or pajamas like 99% of the time I was like oh can't do that people won't want to pay me because I like they'll think I'm lazy or something I don't know and so yeah I would like get all dressed up in fancy clothes even though I never freaking do that like ever right Maybe like a wedding once every two three <laughs> years like that's it um even for my own wedding it was we, like we went bowling it was pretty freaking casual so like it was just really yeah kind of masking my real self gotta be really hard on your on your heart and your soul because you it's you have to work so hard to be somebody else than to be you I think so. yeah it, yeah, it, it was physically exhausting, but also emotionally damaging because it was like, oh, I'm not oh. good enough. So I have to be this other person. Right. Which you put on yourself because you had already pro proclaimed what you wanted to do as a kid. And then that was like the industry tampering you down. Were you doing the coup? So you were doing you were a coupon blogger for a long time, Co right? Coupons, uh, meal prep. 
right? Yeah, frugal living. Yeah, I, I think that was probably around seven-ish years, something like that. I did, I did that. That honestly started out of necessity. That wasn't supposed to be a business. It was just, we don't have money. <laughs> I need to get groceries somehow. So I got into couponing. And I just started posting it on my website because I shared everything on my website. My website was like a, a diary at the time and people just kept asking questions about it. And they're like, how did you do that? And so I'd start explaining it. And then I started getting more people asking, how did you do that? And then it just kind of became a business from there. What do you mean like became a business? Cause you had the cam girl business, right? You had that for a while. And then you decided to share more of your life cause your life had transitioned. Were you married at this point? When I did the couponing business, yes, yeah, okay. Yeah. So you so you had a support a support system, a you know a husband. Yeah. Um. But what did that look like for that transition for you? Because you hadn't run that kind of a business before, and I think a lot of people probably listening are like, "Well, I don't know how to do that." And Casey being Casey was like, "I'll figure it out." But if you could tell us a little bit about what that looked like. Yeah. I, well, for me, it was basically making money in two different ways. So one was through Google Ads. Um, I just put them on my website. I realized when a lot of people were asking me questions about coupons, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go see what other coupon bloggers are doing. That's like interesting. And then I noticed that a lot of them were doing these Google ads. So I was like, okay, I'll do that. I might as well make a couple dollars if I'm already talking about this. Um, so I started with that. And then I started to do affiliate sales as well. So if I was going to promote a, a deal at say, I don't know, Walmart or something, then I would sign up for there's an affiliate program that has Walmart as one of their clients. And so I would just get the special link for that. And then if anybody made a purchase from Walmart, I would get whatever the percentage was for that commission. And I just started doing those deals. And so every single day we had a good 10 plus posts, um, like different blog posts of deals and sales and coupons and um, like frugal living things and stuff like that. And they pretty much all had some type of affiliate link in. So eventually the affiliate side was the biggest mm. moneymaker, even more so than just like the Google ads and stuff on the side. That's so interesting. I know a lot of people are getting into affiliates now again, which I think they fell out of fashion for a little bit, but they're getting into that again. And but you said we, was that, did you have a team of people or at least somebody helping you at that point? Cause it sounds like you, before that it was really just on you. Yeah. So it was, it was me for a, a long time for at least the first few years. And then I had a friend of mine help me to post because I was like, Oh my gosh, there's like just so many deals. There's so many things going on. I can't physically do it all myself, especially when I eventually had kids and I was like, okay, no, I have no time. <laughs> um, and then eventually I think we had about five people or so that were posting um, on the website for me because I just couldn't keep up. There was just too much. That's amazing. Going from blogging to five people supporting you and doing that. And then you transitioned out of that also, you know, you made more money. So maybe you didn't have to be so frugal anymore. Yep. Um, but what took you out of doing that business? Because you could have you could have been still doing that today. Yeah. I mean, the real reason that I stopped doing it was I became vegan, and a oh. lot of the a lot of the the coupons and the deals and the sales and things were for dairy products and meat and eggs. Eventually, started to there started to be discounts and stuff for that. Um, products that were tested on animals, like all of those things, and I was just like, I I can't 
promote that. Like, I just, I can't, I don't believe in it. So I, why would I be promoting deals on like meat when I'm very much against the slaughtering of animals? Like, why would I do that? And so eventually it was just like, my integrity was like, no, we're done. Like this isn't happening anymore. And that was it. I honestly just decided one day I threw out my two, that's right. I had more than one, two jumbo coupon binders. I, I honestly <laughs> open, I, I can visualize this happening. It was so, so big. I opened the garage door. I threw both of my binders in the garbage and I said, I'm done. And that was the very wow. last day. Like, I love how you do that, Casey. Like I really do. You're like, I'm done. I'm going to just move on to something else. You know, yep. a lot of a lot of people couldn't do that. They'd be too afraid that they wouldn't be able to create the next chapter yeah. in their life. Like, yeah, and what do you, it was scary for sure. Yeah, but how do you, how do you move through fear? Because you, you've done a lot of things. You know, maybe as a kid you weren't you weren't so self aware. You know, but as an adult with kids and married, and you're like, I'm just done. You know, and and I totally respect the integrity part of that because when I was doing blogging and nutrition, I would get solicited to. Do products all the time. And I was like, unless I'm going to eat them, I'm not going to like, I, I just can't, I yeah. can't, I can't do that either. And it's hard when you're talking about only eating whole real food. There isn't a lot of coupons for cucumbers. Just, yeah, <laughs> you know, I wish. there's no coupons. I'd still be doing it. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, but can you talk a little bit about how you deal with fear or like what you remember about making that change for your life? Because you had a successful business that you were like, I'm done. I think it's just, I have such faith and belief in myself and I know that I'm capable of doing whatever it is that I want to do. It's not to say that I'm not like scared sometimes, because obviously I am, especially something like that. But I just I trust my gut. And if my gut is like, this is not the thing anymore, there's more for you. There's something else. There's something better or bigger. I just trust it. And I and I go for it. And I know that if I continue to stay comfortable and play it safe, that I'm not going to grow. And I knew that I wasn't, it wasn't sustainable the way I was doing that business. I was, even though the business was making six figures at the time, it was making like right around a hundred thousand dollars. Most of that was going to pay my team. So at the end of the right. day, I was probably bringing home, if I was lucky, $10,000 a year. And it's just like, this it. is, yeah, it's not, this isn't worth my time anymore and the integrity piece. So I was like, no, there's something else. And now I have all of these skills. And I started to right around the end before I quit, like a, maybe a couple of weeks, people kept asking, how do you make money with your blog? Because I was posting up some, some articles on making money. And one thing came up of, well, I make money blogging. And I had a lot of interest in that. And so that was kind of the start of now getting into the coaching industry. Yeah, so it just organically happened. But you know, before we move on to that, I'd love if you could give us a few tips on really trusting ourselves. I think that's something that you were, it feels to me like something you were just born with. It, you just knew who you were, but a lot of people, and I'm sure a lot of your clients come to you with that issue that they just don't trust their talents. Yeah, it, it, it's so hard because I think, I don't know if that is something you can be born with, but I honestly don't remember ever having to learn how to trust myself. I just did. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, I'm good. I got this. Um, and so whenever I have clients that come to me and they're like, oh, I want to do this thing, but I'm scared and I'm not sure. And I, I don't know what to do. And I can't like, I don't trust that it'll happen or whatever. I always tell them, look for evidence, look for evidence that it's possible. So evidence, number one, could obviously be other people doing it. So for me, it was like, well, are there other people doing or like quitting their jobs and then succeeding? 
Yes, obviously. Are there other people who leave jobs that are not fulfilling and still go on to have, you know, a really successful life? Yes. So, okay, well, if they can do it, I can do it. Like, I'm, we're just people. We're both humans. <laughs> like, there's nothing special about them that I can't also do. So it's, it's looking for evidence is the main thing. And then you can even look within your own, your own life too. So you could like, for me, going from the couponing blog into the coaching, like just quitting that so abruptly, I could have always looked back and been like, well, I went from the adult thing into the couponing thing and that worked out. So that's my evidence there too. So it's just looking for evidence. That's always the biggest thing. And that, that tends to help people shift. Yeah, I really take that in because sometimes I'm like, I don't, I, and even to this day, probably last week, I was like, I don't know if I can really do this. I don't know, you know, how do I, I'm a podcast host now. Like, how, how do I really do this? And, and I definitely feel like I get message. I'm a, I'm a big woo woo universe energy person, which I know you're into the energy too. And I'm like, what, I feel like once a week, I'm like, I got the message. Stop giving them to me. Yeah. There's too many. (laughs) Yeah. You know, but, but for a long time, I don't think I could, I wasn't capable of listening to that. And, and understanding that that's out there and the evidence is there and, you know, the universe sends you signs. But also, I, I feel like a lot of people probably look at successful entrepreneurs like you are and, you know, listen to what you have to say online because you're so, you're so, you're so in on what you're doing and you're so 100% about other people doing it. But I don't think people understand that they have that unique special part of them and that they're capable because so many people online and so many people they probably interact with are really telling them how they're struggling instead of how they could do it. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's really important to be mindful of, number one, who you're surrounding yourself with physically, offline, but also online, like the type of content that you're consuming. Because yes, you'll find that a lot of people are saying, here's how you're doing it wrong. Here's how everything sucks. Here's where all these issues are that you probably didn't even know you had. And here's how you can pay me to help you fix them. <laughs> like that, that <laughs> tends to be what you'll see. And so a lot of people just immediately think, oh, I'm broken. Oh, I, I like, I suck at this. Uh, oh, I obviously need her help because I can't do it myself. When really I tell people all the time, you 100% do not need me at all. Like you have all of the answers inside of you. You can do whatever you want to do. Like I can be your cheerleader for sure, but you don't need me. And the reason that people hire me, especially one-on-one, isn't to learn things. Although we do talk about some stuff that maybe they didn't know before, but for the most part, they hire me because they want to be in the energy of somebody who's doing the thing that they want to do or who has the thing that they want to you know, be experiencing. And so it's just be mindful of the people that you're, you're around and the the type of content that you're consuming and not just online, but your music and your, your movies and your stuff on TV, like all of it. I didn't even think about that part of it. Like the, if, if you're listening to positive music or positive messages rather than, yeah. you know, if you're watching, like I, I, I do agree actually, because my dad always falls asleep to like law and order or, <laughs> yeah. you know, like that kind of stuff. And I'm like, can we put on something nice for you to subconsciously listen to? Yeah. Not that he's neg- he's not a negative person. He's actually amazing. But I'm always like, I think I would it could affect me negatively if I always watched people killing each other. It's just yeah. You know, and I it's I worry true. about what my kids are consuming and rap music, you know, that kind of stuff. But I didn't think about it as a business point of view. That's really that's really interesting. Yeah, it makes a really big difference. I also like the point you made that a lot of marketing out there is pain points. And you t- and you don't yeah. teach this. You teach it a little bit differently. I'd love you to talk about a little bit more and why you teach it this way, because, you know, I had a conversation this morning that 
you know, she's like, all my pain points are, are on fear. They're fear points. They aren't even pain points anymore. It's about fear and they're not connecting. I'm like, that's because people don't want to be afraid and you're not, and you don't want people in your groups that are afraid when they come in, you want to empower them because that's the kind of person you are. And I think that's maybe where you come from too. Yeah. I, I just, when I have people that come to me, I don't want them to feel bad. <laughs> like I want people <laughs> to feel good. I want people to see me and think of good things. Like not like, Oh, I found Cassie and she made me realize all of the bad shit in my life. It's more, I, I found Cassie and she inspired me to do this. She, she made me feel good in this way. Like that's always my goal. And so sometimes I'll talk about pain points where it's like I'll point out a couple of things but it's more from like a tough love perspective as opposed to like here's why mm -hmm. you suck and why how everything is so bad <laughs> and I would rather lead with like being that motivating person for you like instead of being the person who points out all of these flaws you know because that just makes people feel bad and when, when people feel bad they don't do anything they just they continue feeling bad but when they feel good and they feel inspired and they feel empowered that's when they actually take action I totally agree. And I do, I come from that tough love point of view as well, rather than the fear point, because the fear doesn't work on me. I don't, I'm like, don't tell yeah. me. I'm, I'm like, don't tell me I'm doing something wrong. Just show me the way to do it better. Yeah. Because if you're, if you're going to tell me I'm doing something wrong, I'm going to hate you and I'm not going to exactly. pay you money to, to help See me. See what I mean? That's what I'm difference. saying. And so many people do it the opposite way. They like make you feel like crap and you're like, okay, well like bye now. Like I'm not going to follow you anymore. I'm not going to do anything with you because you make me feel like crap. But I think that maybe is why people do multiple courses from different people, because they're searching for maybe that person yeah. that's more like, like you, that's like, I'm going to hold you up rather than keep you down so that you keep coming back for my courses. It's a, you know, I think the knowledge business really has two different sides to it. Definitely. Yeah. And I know I was the same too. Like when I first started, when I would hire coach, I've worked with a bunch of coaches. I've done courses, programs, masterminds, all sorts of things not even necessarily because I needed those people, although sometimes I felt like I did. It was more so just let's see how they do things <laughs> to kind of give me right. like an insight, right? And to see, oh, that's definitely how I want to do things. Like anything that a coach or a mentor did that made me feel good, I started to incorporate similar things with my work because I want my people to feel good too. I don't want them to feel like crap. And then anything that I didn't like from my experiences I wouldn't do and I would like be mindful of not doing so that's why like I, I get really confused when people are like oh I you know hired this coach or I joined this program and it was such a waste of money it's like well you learned something I'm sure even if it was this is how I don't ever want to work with my clients or I don't ever want my people to feel this way so it's there's always lessons in it and so I take that with like all of my investments that I've ever made is I either learned that something that I really like or something that I really don't like and it's all been beneficial. I really, I really love that. Would you give us a, or if you remember an example of something that somebody else was doing that you didn't like, and then the opposite? So one off the top of my head is I had one coach who online, she would talk a lot about her results that she would get for her clients and, and or not for her clients, for herself, but she would never talk about results that she was able to get for her clients, like help her clients to achieve. And so I at first was like, oh, this is great. Look how much money she makes. That's so inspiring. But then it was like, but it does her stuff actually work. <laughs> so because she's not sharing clients saying like, oh, yeah, I did what she said and it worked. So I hired her and found that the only thing she ever did when I'd have a problem or I'd go to her with a question, she'd be like, 
how does that make you feel? <laughs> like, <laughs> you are not my therapist. <laughs> that is not what I want to hear from you right now. <laughs> and it was just like the same thing. And it was like, she didn't actually care. You know what I mean? Like she didn't seem to yeah. get what I needed. And so that felt really bad. And so now I'm just like, I talk about my results. Yes. Cause I like to celebrate, but I also celebrate my clients results all the time too. Yes, you definitely do. And it makes me think of that person actually didn't, wasn't secure in what she was teaching because, you know, she didn't actually have like a, a system or something, a protocol that actually worked uh, for her clients um, instead of somebody else. That's really interesting. How about something that you did incorporate that did work for you? Oh, okay. So one thing that I did was, so I had this one coach, um, I think was it my first, I think it was my first coach. So when I started working with her, I hired her to help me with some marketing and mindset stuff. Although I really only wanted her for the marketing because I thought mindset stuff was weird. <laughs> and then, um, we worked together for six months and it was around month six where I got some amazing results. Everything was working awesome but I was like I feel like I'm stagnant now like I'm just stuck at this this one level and I was like okay I'm gonna give this whole mindset stuff a try but I know it's not gonna work so I'm just gonna do it for one week and then you're <laughs> gonna stop bugging me about it and she said okay and uh, long story short I talk about mindset all the time now with my yes you do <laughs> <laughs> so it, it definitely worked and I'm glad that she kind of kept poking at me about that because I didn't even realize that was a thing and then when she told me, I was like, you sound like some like weird person. And now I'm a weird person too. So we're all happy, happy family now. You know, that really resonates with me because I, I don't think I understood what mindset work meant because I've done so much personal development work. I didn't yeah. realize it was kind of in the same plane. What do you find with your clients that the biggest mindset obstacles really are? Belief, lack of belief, lack of belief or lack of, um, patience because sometimes people will come to me and they'll see because I share my stories of like I made money very quickly and sometimes I have I've had a couple of clients who will make money really quickly and I obviously share all those things because it's something to celebrate um, and show it's possible but sometimes I'll have people who hire me and <clears throat> excuse me they'll be like okay I want to make ten thousand dollars this month or twenty thousand dollars this month I'm like okay how much did you make last month and they're like oh well I like a thousand <laughs> like okay well I mean it's it's possible yes but it's it's ambitious and lofty and they don't really realize what's involved because in the beginning especially it is a lot of work like at this point now I've scaled my business so that it's actually really easy and I make a lot more money and I work way 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 less but in the beginning it was really hard and it was a lot of time and I think a lot of people don't realize that and they don't really understand that it takes time to build up to that it takes a lot of time I'm telling everybody right now. It takes a lot, a lot of time, but I'm curious, like, what do you, you know, are you, because you scaled, is it because you have an audience already that's already engaged that you're not working as much? Like, what does that mean working less and making more money? So, you I mean, yes, sort of with the audience piece. Like I do have an audience that's followed me for years now, but I think the biggest shift that I made was really just structuring my my days in a way where I'm accomplishing the things that actually matter because so many people waste so much time doing crap that does not do anything or it's stuff that does like does matter and is important but maybe isn't important at that particular stage people don't really 
think about the stage that they're at. They just try to do everything all at once because they're like, I want to make money really, really fast. So just tell me all the things and I'll do all the things today. When really it's like, no, you have to build onto each piece, which is why it takes a little bit of time in the beginning. And yes, you can make money very quickly. It does happen, but not for most people. No, it takes a little while to get to get. I almost feel like it, it, you're still warming up the engine till you're a couple of years in and then it actually starts hitting it. Yeah. And I don't even think it has to take a couple of years, but it's going to take you at least like if you're starting from scratch, it's going to take you at least a good solid, like six plus months straight of some pretty heavy lifting before you're going to start to see some significant results. And then it can grow a lot quicker after that. So if you think, so if someone's at that point where they're starting to grow, you know, what are the one or two things that you don't think they need to be doing that they're spending the most time on? Perfecting their website that nobody even visits. Mm -hmm is the first one. Yeah, and 100%. Do, that's definitely the biggest one. And then the other one is probably just messing around with like different tech things like, oh, I have to set up a landing page and I have to, you know, put together my email list and like spend like three weeks trying to figure out MailChimp or like those types of things that you can easily outsource that doesn't really cost a lot of money and will save you a lot of time. Yeah, that's one of the really things I appreciate about your business is like you have your ads or you have, you know, whatever you're doing. And it really goes a lot of the times it doesn't go to a landing page. It's like if you're in, you're in. I don't I don't need to give you a whole page of flowery messaging for you to sign up. Yeah. And I mean, I definitely started with like, oh, OK, I have to have a sales page and I have to have special graphics right. and I have to get a copywriter. I definitely went down that route because I thought I had to. Nobody really told me that it could be easy and I could do it on my own terms. <laughs> Nobody told me that. So I did start there, but now, yeah, I like, I rarely have sales pages anymore. It's most, and I just, sometimes I don't even really post a link. I'm like, I have this thing. If you want it, message me. That's it. Like, I'm, I'm not going to chase you. I'm not going to like, try to like hit you over the head with it a million times until you finally go, okay, fine. I'll buy it so that you shut up. It's like, if you really want it, and that's the type of woman I want to work with anyway, as somebody who's like, no, I want this and I want it now. And I'm willing to take that extra step to message you to get the link. And I don't need convincing. I don't need a bullet point list of like what I'm going to get and what I'm going to learn. Like, I just know I want to work with you. I want to be in your space. And that's enough. So if somebody's listening, that's, you know, you know, maybe a year or two years in and listening and say, wait a minute, I can just put a post out there and say, hey, this is what I'm offering. If you want it, DM me believing that it's going to work or not going to work? Like, can you give us some, some thoughts around that? Like, when is that, when can you do that? So that, and, and have those beliefs in yourself that it can work? Because honestly, I'm listening to it. I'm like, I should try that. But I do have it in the back of my head. I'm like, well, I don't know if that'll work. But I just told you it works because I do it and it works. <laughs> <laughs> right? right. But my, but yeah, but you know, my response is like, Casey has a big audience already. She's been doing this forever. She already has that credibility. You know, I think that I, I'm not alone with other people probably thinking like, but can it work for me? Um, and I guess you're yep. saying yes. Yes, it can work <laughs> for anybody. I mean, I technically did this in the beginning too. Um, like okay. in maybe like first two, three months or so when I honestly didn't even know what a sales page was. Um, I was in Facebook groups and I would just have all of these ideas for offers. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna put this one up. And I didn't tell people to message me, but I did have a link. The link was like a PayPal link. That's it. Mm -hmm. um, so in the post, it'd be like, here's this thing. Here's what, a, what it'll help you with. Here's the link. That's it. So it technically I love I that. So in the beginning. Right. So then everybody listening, and I'm going to go do this today, and you can hold me accountable for that. I'm going to put a post up and see what happens. And I'm going to yeah. believe in what Casey says is just going to happen. 
Um, you know, because it, it really is as easy as that. I think so many people yeah. compl uh, complicate it and coaches complicate it because they want to sell programs. Exactly. They want to have a, a, a program to sell you on how to sell your program. <laughs> right. <laughs> when yes. really, when really it's like, here's how to sell your program. Tell me about your program and give me a payment. <laughs> That's how you do it. And then like, yes, there's definitely other strategies you can use to do that and do that even better. But that's the basis of it is like, what is it? Is it for me? All they want to know is what is it? Is it for me? What will it help me do? And then how do I sign up? That's all they want to know. And and it works. And working with Casey for just a few months that I've been, I, it, I've seen a huge difference and it, it does work. It's just, it's believing it's uh, what you said in the beginning case, it's just believing in yourself and believing that people want in on what you're doing. Yeah, it is. It's the belief and the trust in yourself and in your work. Right. So everyone listening, believe and trust in yourself and your work because Casey Howard told us to. So Casey, if people want to find you, where can they find you? I think the best place is probably Instagram or Facebook. That's where I spend the majority of my time. Don't come try to find me on my website because I'm not really hanging out there. <laughs> it hasn't been updated <laughs> in like four years. So I'm on social media all the time. So just come find me, Cassie Howard Biz on Facebook um, and Instagram. Thank you so much, Casey, for coming on. I do have two questions that I do ask at the end of every show. The first is, if you were not a business coach or um, in the online world, what would you be doing? If I wasn't a business coach, I'd probably be a teacher of another kind. I'd probably teach in some other way. Um, I've always actually wanted to be a teacher, but I thought that it was going to be like in the traditional sense. <laughs> I didn't realize mm -hmm. it was going to be in this sense. But I, I always teach, and I love to teach, and I love to share what I know. So I would probably just teach in another way. That makes so much sense for who you are. Thank you so much for that answer. Um, the last question I have is what's your favorite cocktail? Beer. <laughs> that's my that's a good one too. <laughs> that's, that's a good one too. I can see you now sitting in your garden, having a nice beer on a Sunday. Totally. Day. Yep. Casey, thank you so much for coming on. I know you know that I appreciate you, but I appreciate you even more for spending some time with me today. Everybody go to Casey Howard Biz on all the social on social media and find her, seek her out because she is a truth sayer and a true teacher. Thank you, Casey. Thank you. Thanks for joining me this week on Behind the Spotlight. Make sure to subscribe so you'll never miss a show. And while you're at it, if you found value in the show, I'd love a rating on iTunes or simply tell a friend about it and that would help me out too. But if you like the show and you want to check out more, look me up at BethNightick.com. Plus, now I'm offering private 90-minute intensive strategy sessions. You might want to get in on that, too. Be sure to tune in next week for the next episode of Behind the Spotlight.